Good evening, everybody, and welcome to um, the Rangers Journal. I'm your host, Scott Mackay, and I'm delighted to be joined by a full panel of Rangers Journal members tonight. Um, Ross, how are you doing? I'm good, buddy. It's uh, Friday night, top of the league, flights booked to Lisbon, um, and I've just had a very nice Guinness. So, yeah, life's good at the minute, mate. How are you? Aye, not bad at all, mate. Not bad at all. Bob, how are you doing, pub? Yeah, not too bad, Scotty. Nice to see you, Ross, as well. Looking forward to tonight's show. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, tonight's show, I thought we would um, discuss the Europa League draw, Benfica. Um, we'll preview Hearts. I think Ross has got a wee trivia <laughs> question kind of halfway through the pod. Um, we've got some line-up stuff. Then, obviously, we'll match predictions. And then... That'll be us for a night, so hopefully there's plenty of content. There's some slides again tonight, everybody, so let us know in the comments what you think, and hopefully you all enjoy your show. But first of all, I thought we would talk about how we're all feeling now that a couple of days have passed and we're top of the league and everything seems to be still pretty rosy where I'm sitting. Ross, what about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same, mate. I think... Um... I remember back to the kind of, I think it was post-Christmas when Gerard had been in and we hit those kind of sticky uh, sticky patches where we just kind of lost traction and weren't motoring and weren't playing the way we wanted to. And I, I remember it was kind of, I think it was a Saturday game and it came around that we had another one on the Wednesday and I was thinking, God, how are we going to pull ourselves together here and grind out a result? You know, how are we going to do it? But the mood is so different now. You know, I'm buzzing for every game. I think Clement would be wanting a game every two, three days if he could, because the the way we're playing at the minute, the confidence, the belief, the the trust in what the manager's trying to do is all there. And you can feel it. You know, you really can feel that we're on this journey and, and we're sort of motoring towards the goal together. So, yeah, it's it's a great feeling. I'm just looking forward to, to the Hearts match tomorrow and, and hopefully three points. Aye, definitely, definitely. Well, on Sunday, I was um, sitting here, first pod, adrenaline was rushing, um, I think I got quite a bit carried away with myself because Rangers were top of the league. Usually, I like you. I think I've got a bit of a balanced opinion on the subject. Um, how are you feeling on it? Now that a couple of days have passed. Yeah, kind of similar to Ross. I think you know. I think since Clement's come in, we've kind of definitely steadied the ship. We're definitely in a more positive outcome, positive vibes from the stadium, the support. Everyone's back in the manager and back in the team. There's definitely not the negative or negativity that we had earlier in the season with the previous manager. So again, I think, you know, despite the first 30, 40 minutes of the game on Sunday, I, you know, for me personally, I didn't feel worried or nervous that we wouldn't get a result considering what had happened the previous day, um, which I think is only a, a, you know, a sign of the way the turnaround has, has come so quickly. Um, and continues to improve, hopefully, um, with tomorrow's result and hopefully on to the following weeks to come. Aye, definitely. Um, Dean, major pod debut on the Gallant View last night. You'll need to tell us all about it. And how are you feeling now that a few days have passed? Hey, well, it was uh, loved every second of the pod last night. It was good. Good to be on a, on a pod talking about something that I love so much, so I uh, found it relatively easy in that respect. And I think after today's press conference and having to change Cantmill out of my predicted lineup, I'm the eternal optimist, which I think others were as well, thinking that Cantmill was going to be fit. But see, previously, I think if that news came about, we all would have, again, Echoing the guys there, we all would have had these negative, oh, can you believe it? You know, absolutely thinking, oh, dreadful, dreadful things are going to come, but, you know, Cantwell's injured, well, and it gives somebody else a chance, and we've got the belief in the players now that somebody can come in and do just as good a job, so it just shows you how much a turnaround it's been for, I don't think I'm alone by thinking that, you know, whoever comes in is going to do as good a job as Cantwell. If it's Lawrence or do you know? Yeah, definitely. Um so tomorrow was eleven o'clock this morning. We got Benfica. Um Bob's done some some studying for us today. So B 
basically Benfica have got a 65,000 seat stadium. Rui Costa still there. Rui Costa was a bit of a controversial figure last time we played them. I don't think him and Stephen Gerrard got in too well. A couple of top of the league. Um, I think they've won four of the last five matches. Progress well in their domestic cup um, in Europe. Finished third in their Champions League group. Uh, so they get eliminated into Europa. They had to lose to France and they won 2 1 in aggregate. Drew 0 0 last night. Players we need to watch out for famous names to, to create a. To, to everybody, basically, they've got Angel Di Maria, who's who can still date by the way at this level. He's ridiculous. They've got Rafa Silva, David Neres, Nicholas Otamendi, Jao Mario. He's well known as well. I think he's won a Euros with Portugal mm. in the uh, Neves. I think uh, the last time we played them resulted in two draws. Um, I think that was at two each. Ibrox, I think it was at Rav Rufko. Yeah, COVID. So they tend to set up to a four-two-three-one in Europe. Um, very much, pretty similar. What's, what's your thoughts on a draw overall? Um, I'm delighted. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed a bit. I think uh, there's not an easy game, is there, in in Europe? And we've found that some of the minnow teams or, or the smaller teams with sort of less hype to live up to probably are more of a prickly customer than, than some of the big boys who tend to play out and want to come at you a bit. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it in the car earlier. And, um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm not afraid at all. I, I don't think we've got anything to worry um, ourselves about or at least not get into a frenzy about. Yeah, look, they've got great players with World Cup winners and, and whatnot. But at the same time, who would want to come to a packed Ibrox on, a, on an away leg? So, you know, you've got to think about it through their eyes as well. The teams that have come to Ibrox and come away with something are very, very minimal. So for me, I think, look, keep it tight out there. Allow them to play football and, and come at us and try and pick them away on the break. I'm sure Clement will do exactly that, which we know we can do. Um, and then get them back to Ibrox and 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 let the crowd be that, you know, 12th man, as we know it can be and, and, and has delivered for us many, many times. If you look at some of the other teams in the draw, you've got Roma, you've got Milan, you know, you've got really strong opposition in there. So... Benfica, yeah, look, great team. They seem to be doing really well in their domestic league. But at the same time, like, what have we got to be afraid of, really? I mean, we can be overly cautious here and dissect every player in it. But at the same time, you know, we've, we've had bigger scalps than this. And last time we played them with Darwin Nunes and various other stars in the team, we, 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 we you know, we, should, we were arguably the better team on both legs and, and really should have won them, them both. I guess the only concern is, do we have that cutthroat striker uh, a la Alfie Morelos, who who can you know hit on the break and and needs one chance and scores one goal. You know, I, I don't know whether we've got that. Um, certainly, the one of the worries as well is if we do get up the pitch and we take a corner, we're very reluctant to. Well, very not reluctant, but enable to to score a goal really from a corner, and I think that's that's quite clear. So I think he'll be working on that. He'll be working on how we break quicker and more clinical with our finishing, and then I think also yeah how we can capitalise on set pieces and, and corner kicks that when we've got the ball up in their end of the pitch. But no, I'm chuffed. Look, I'm going to Lisbon, so I don't care either way whether, you know, what happens. I'm going to Lisbon. I've got a little jolly on the cards here, so I'm chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. I'm happy you got your, your flights and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm um, chuffed. Bob, one a Benfica's kind of key players, obviously. They've got Angel Di Maria there, um, Rafa Silva. They've got players that can, they've got experience as well. I've seen the lineup today that we had the last time we played them in my back four was um, Tav Goldson, Balogun, and Parasic. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is a wee bit, which is a, which is a wee bit odd right enough because it shouldn't be a state of play, but hey ho, it is. And um, but, but how, how are you feeling overall about it, I in general? Again, probably just. Kind of touch on what Ross had said. I think you know we've, we've got to be positive. I think they're definitely not in as much as domestically they're they're doing very very well again. You know as the kind of slides touched on top of the league one the four four of the last five. But again, looking at that Champions League group, you know, they, pro- they probably were expected to to finish second. They had Inter Milan, Real Sociedad, RB Salzburg. So to to finish third out of that group may have been slightly unexpected for for them um, and their support. So I definitely, you know, concur with what 
well, I was just saying, I definitely think, you know, this time with a full crowd behind us, um, full stadium, roaring as, as, as Ibrox usually does, you know, I definitely don't have any fear. Um, I think the only thing that obviously has only come to light in the last maybe couple of hours or so is the, the early kickoff for our turn leg um, on the 14th, which is what, 5.45. So that that hopefully won't prove to be a, a limitation or a, a negative for us because it's an early kickoff, which again is very strange for the second leg to be at that time, especially when we're at home. But uh, yeah, I definitely hold, hold no fear. Um, I think just touching on the, the players to to be look you know looking out for. I think the young young lad Joe Neves is going to probably be one of the the next kind of characters or players to come out of Benfica again. Joe Mario has been there and done it. You know what as I said, World Cup, yeah, well, Euro Euro, uh, Euro League or Euro European Cup winner with the Portugal, and then Angel Di Maria is a World yeah. Cup winner again. Even with his age, he'll still be. You know, a threat, a threat, and David Neres was ex Ajax again. He's been a, a top player. I know he's maybe not been as, and as much of a focal point for Benfica as he probably thought. But yeah, I, I, he's still a, a, an attacking threat for them. So I, I definitely don't hold any fear. I definitely. I think for me, it's just I think it's going to be a tight contest, and it's it's a free hit at a big side. To yeah. be brutally honest with you, in it, it's if we progress, we progress. If we don't, we don't. It's. It's one of them ones. Dean, I'll come on to you on it. Um, obviously, Benfica's kind of league form's really, really good, as we see in the slide. Um, Europe seems to be a bit of a different kettle of fish for them. Rangers have got a good record against Portuguese sides in recent times where beating Porto at home. Um, they got a draw away to Porto. Braga, well-known to us. And obviously, the two draws with Benfica. Do you think I can stand as in good stead going into the tie? Of course, especially for the, the lads that have played against the Portuguese side and, you know, know what they're all about. When we played Benfica, it was well written that the money that they had invested in the squad, that they were going to pump us and all the rest. And as Ross rightly mentioned, we were arguably the best side over the two legs. And albeit, you know, they've got players of some real calibre there that, you know, Bob just mentioned. But I actually think they were probably a better side last time around. But then were we maybe a better side too? Do you know? So it's one of them. I, I don't think that um, for one minute that we we'll, we would have been thinking, oh, crap, we've got Benfica, I think. Boys will be thinking, right, let, let's go for it. As you said, a free hit. I mean, nobody will be expecting us to go through again, which please, please any other and it our favour every single time in, in Europe. So we're the we we'll be going into even Ibrox as the underdogs and we've got the got fifty thousand fans, you know, cheering us on. There'll be a, a hell of a lot of holidays and sickies taken, that's for sure. But everybody will be making sure that the the twelfth man will be heard. I can guarantee that. Cannot aye, wait. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um I'm glad you boys are managing to make it trip, but that's something you'll never forget anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Ross, I want to touch on your opinion on what kind of chances of progression. Um, do you think we've got a, a fairly decent chance, or do you think we're, we're, under, we're going into this underdogs? To me, it's a very evenly balanced tie. Um, going into it, we seem we're in good form ourselves. I take a lot of confidence for the away result to Betis. So mm-hmm. even going away to Benfica, I'm sitting here, I'm quietly confident I'm not going to go or anything like that. But um, what's, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, well, I mean, personally, as I say, I think I think we'll, we'll go, if, if I'm being honest, I think we we'll probably are the underdogs. And that's purely because of the players that they've got in their team and the pedigree of those players and probably the squad value versus ours. And you look at that and, and there's probably a bit of an advantage. Um, or you'd think there would be, but I have no doubt that Philippe Clement will be drilling into them how to continue playing how we play, to try and... I, I think it was actually interesting that, that Clement pulled that out, that we are the underdogs, and this is the first time that he, that he is going to be seeing us playing as the underdogs. And it may be signal to me in my head that he might actually change tactically how he approaches a game. Um, 
so that might be one to sort of think about in the, in the coming weeks as that we lead up to that match what he might do what he might tinker with to see how we can maybe position ourselves as a you know more of a defensive with a on the on the sort of counter attack um, kind of way of playing rather than necessarily dictating play playing against a low block high possession play um i'm i'm not as i said before i'm not i'm not particularly scared um i, I think we've played against better teams i think you know going out to dortmund was probably one that we were vastly vastly the underdogs in that situation um and quite clearly we were underestimated by the potency of our attacks and and you know coming away with a 4-2 in the Bellin stadium is um is, is no mean feat i think one other thing that i just wanted to mention as well is we obviously have fabio silva who is and, and came through and made his name in portugal as a young star boy, a talent, uh, 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 the next prodigy within Portuguese and, and and that that sort of league, so and he came through it um, from Porto. So so for me, going into this game, Benfica will be sat back thinking, "Crikey, they've got that wonder kid who came up through Porto, who they obviously played against a number of times." So even if he's not hitting the heights potentially as we would maybe see, he's not hitting the the onion bag as much as we'd like. At the same time. That it's probably in the back of their head that, that we've we've managed to acquire a player that is has caused them problems before, and they've probably seen more of his positive attributes than maybe we have. So I think that sets us up in a really strong position. That being said, I do think he'll probably, um, or or he might look to either play silver in midfield um, if Cantwell's still out. I would suggest he'll probably go with Dessas for the hold up play more than anything, just to keep the ball up there and. And allow reinforcements up when necessary. Um, but look, I'm I'm not necessarily too nervous. I think um, I, th- I think we go into it positively. I think we set up to come away with Nick a win over there. But I think we need to be very pragmatic in our approach. We don't commit too many men forward. Um, but you know, you look at some of the players within that team who you can target, who you can get at. Xiao Mario has been there and done that, but has he got the legs of of you know a Lundstrom or a Lawrence around him? You know that's that's probably there to be seen. It'll be an interesting duel, and as well, you look at Otamendi, who got sent off after twenty minutes against us away in in uh, in Benfica. You know, Ryan Kent tore him a new one and uh, and left them um, scrambling back, and he and he and he pulled them down. And from there, the game was kind of in our hands. I think we were unlucky, or maybe a bit complacent to have, have let that one go. So look, there's areas that we can get at them. They're clearly going to want to win at home. They're not going to want to come to Ibrox with nothing, anything short of a, a victory or a, probably a comprehensive victory because no one wants to go to Ibrox where their game's in the balance, as we found out last time we were in the Europa League because there's only one winner in that situation. Um, so yeah, look, really looking forward to it. I think there's some big um, there's, there's some big scope there for us to do well and, and, and take a progression into the next round. There's some still some great teams in it. I think it's very easy for us to look at the teams that we are potentially playing against. But if you look at the ones that were seeded alongside, there's some, you know, you've got Liverpool, you've got Brighton, you've got um, Bayer Leverkusen, who are clearly kind of the, the, the inform, one of the informed teams in Europe at the minute. So, yeah, look, we, we take each game and we take each, um, uh, you know, two-sided game that we've got, two-legged game, shall I say, that we've got. Um, and, and, we, and, we, and we try and overcome that specific opposition. But I, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. Um, who, who do you think, Scotty? Who, do you, who would you say is their kind of key man? Who do you think we need to keep an eye on? I think you need to try and nullify De Maria. Um, yeah. Definitely, I think. I think going by the kind of highlights and stuff, I've seen. I'll be honest, I've not seen much of them. But any clips you tend to see, I Benfica tend to be somehow involving Angel Di Maria. I mean, at thirty-six, he's still mm. a top-class player. Um, I'm sitting looking at a, a chart, and obviously. For more Spotify listers and stuff, it's a it's a slide we've got up, and it's just get Benfica's typical European team. Their their um, the formations are four two three one, and I'm looking at at a centre half partnership with Nicholas Otamendi, and I'm wondering if that's somewhere we can get down the side. But mm-hmm. there's no pace up top is the problem for me. There's no pace up front whatsoever, apart from any wide areas. So they maybe play inverted a wee bit or. Or some no, some long end lines. Bob, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think just what you were touching on there. You, know, you look at that, you think Otamendi is not getting any younger. Joe Mario's, you know, I think mid thirties as well. Um, Di Maria, as you said, probably doesn't have 
the legs like he once did. But again, I'm not going to take away the fact he's going to be an attacking set um, until, until, in terms of game intelligence. Um, I, I do think that our Euro squad could have been helped if we could have put in Cortes for width and pace. Mm. Which is disappointing, but again, that's obviously a fault of the previous management team, which don't obviously look going to. But I think you know we've got Diamandi, who again we've only looked or seen a couple of games. You know, St Johnson at the weekend, um, the cup game previous to that, who looks as if he's he's dynamic in the midfield if he's playing with Lundstrom and that kind of two. You then kind of as Ross said, you maybe interchange that with with Lawrence as, as the ten. You know, again, I, I do think we've got creativity and in the side, it's just the the, the lack of an out-and-out goal threat. Um, again, Dessers has been on good form. Um, I think we could probably agree on that. Maybe not the best form, but good form. He's obviously been improving. Um, Silva's maybe not the, the out-and-out striker, as, as Ross kind of touched on as well, but I, I don't think... We're not. You know, I don't think we're not equipped to deal with Benfica based on that that lineup. I, I definitely think we can get at them. I, I definitely think there's, you know, as you kind of touched on, Scott, it's a it's a it's a well balanced tie. Um, I definitely think going into the Ibrox game, you know, we definitely don't want to be too far behind them. Because um, again, I, I do think, again, as Ross, Ross touched on, as you know, as, as Dean probably touched on as well, you know, the, the Ibrox crowd plays a, a massive part on European nights and if if we get anywhere near what we had in, in John Lundstrom on a Thursday night as previous then um you know I, I would I would gladly take a, an 80, 83rd minute winner uh, to, to put us through. So um yeah um I, de- I definitely think they can go get got at I don't you know they don't there's no one in that team that I would say you know we're we're gonna really struggle against them. Maybe De Maria aside but even so you don't know right. In the run up, you know, there's another week or you know, another week or so before it comes. So again, that that could change injuries, suspensions. Um, you know, their manager could play a you know play a completely different lineup depending on what their goal is closer at home. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dino, come on to you. See when you see us Benfica lineup, does it fill you? Does it fill you with fear? Does it make you feel all right? Do you think um, I'm looking at the midfield now? In fact, I'll ask you about the midfield. They've got Joe Mario and Joe Neves in there. You've got one accomplished central midfielder who's won European Championships. He's won, I think he might have won a Champions League with Inter, if I remember rightly. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And we've got John Lundstrom, Mohamed Diamandi, Tom Lawrence different midfielders like that. Do you think that's where a game, a tie could be kind of won and lost? Definitely. Um, if you remember the, the previous games against the Portuguese side, it was our industrious midfield three that predominantly came out on top, wasn't it? So, and when we played them previously, you know, our midfield three was pretty, pretty strong. You know, was it Jack, Kamara, or Davis, or Antrim? Do, do you know what I mean? We we did do all right in the midfield, but I think what you'd said earlier on about finding the the holes between the midfield and their their back line, the the lack of pace, filling the channels, and I, I think Clement's quite tactically astute to capitalise on that being their weak spot because you're looking to be quite frank that is their, their weak spot and we'll go with the three in midfield and we'll probably all be the wall be quite deep so it'll be interesting to see if that's how they do line up as well because because we predominantly played one holding midfielder under Clement haven't we mm-hmm. so I think we'll definitely go with the two and as I said if you have Lawrence in there he's He's quite industrious at coming back and on the break. So I um, I think the boys will relish that challenge to because those as, as you say, the, the caliber that the that they're playing in front of, they've I they're no mugs, put it that way. So show them the required respect and then I and then and then do it, I think. 
genuinely think that we will come out on top over the two legs. I'm, um, I, I, I don't honestly like, as I said, when we played Dortmund, when we drew Dortmund, I was one of only probably my Rangers fans and I will, will beat them, we'll get through. And most Rangers fans, as long as we don't get embarrassed, get embarrassed away, I was like, I'm actually confident that we'll, that it'll be the opposite. And I've got that funny feeling about Benfica as well. Like Van Bronckhurst done the, mm-hmm. done the tactics right for for them away, which I think Clement will do. I, I just I've got that feeling in my bones that you will do the right the right amount of tinkering that will will see us all right. Ross, I'll come back to you. Um, yeah. See in terms of right, so we've won a league cup. Well, in the last 16 of Europa League, you've got a tasty tie against Benfica. Um, you're two points clear in the league, you're still in the Scottish Cup. Talk about Europa League a minute as a whole. Um, do you think that we should be trying to go and win this? Or do you think ultimately we need to be prioritising the league this season, considering that there's a, an even bigger pot of cash at stake in the Champions League next year? Yeah, uh, it's a really good question. And I'm sure it's one that Clement probably has ironed out with the board what their optimal situation is, what their essential situation is, and anything kind of in between that, you know, anything above that is a bonus. So I think essentially in our kind of base position, priority is clearly the league. We need to stop the rot. We need to shift momentum to our side, allow us to get into that Champions League, get us the money that will allow us to strengthen the squad and establish ourselves as league winners, not once, not twice, but but, you know, the far superior team for years to come. That has to be priority number one, okay? I think winning the League Cup and and domestic trophies, again, brings confidence to the team. I think it brings a sense of, of, um, you know, accomplishment and and it it brings the players together and unite them around the fact they've won a trophy. No one can take that away from them. But, you know, I wouldn't be a true football fan and a true uh, Rangers fan if I didn't think, you know, I do want to win in Europe. I do want to win these things. I do want to put a stamp on. I do want to go into work in Harrogate and ripping on a weekend and say, or <laughs> the next week and say, you know what, Rangers aren't that bad. You know, we'd take Leeds, we'd take you, you know, we'd take City, we'd take United. I like having that, on, you know. That, and as a football fan, those little things, all those little feathers that you stick in your cap, that you stand a little taller the next day and you can say, yeah, we beat Benfica. Yeah, we've beaten. Like the year we've beaten Thorpe. You know, those things are the things that really make you love your club. And look, we all want the bread and butter of of the league. And look, that brings great joy as well, no doubt. And the consistency of a strong Rangers team brings a lot of happiness over time. But, you know, I just think those those victories in Europe are the real, the real, you know, they bring a real smile to your face. And for me, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'll see where it takes us. Priority the league, but if we can do something in Europe, if we can get on a great journey again, I think it strengthens the team. I think you notice the difference and, you know, maybe on a, on a later pod, we can talk about the sort of the Champions League versus Europa League dynamic that is quite a contentious question. I know it's it splits the fan base quite a bit. Where would you rather be, Champions League or or Europa League? And, and there's obviously merits and, and kind of pitfalls to each. But I think Europa League is our little place. Rain, you know, Thursday nights are Rangers nights, and um, yeah, yep. long may it continue in my eyes. Um, Bob, what's your feeling on? Obviously, knowing you, I've known you for for many years, mate. Um, we've seen two European runs, um, and we've also, especially around in Manchester, we've seen that the players just ran out of energy. Yeah, and it ultimately cost us a league. We could get into the, the scheduling and all that kind of stuff, but that's a topic for another day. It's been, it's gone. Um, Which your feeling, say, Rangers managed to progress through this tie? Are you want to go further? Are you, are you cautious that it will affect our league form? I think, I think with the additions in January, we're definitely a better place probably in the league to compete up until the end. I think for for Europe, we've got a decent squad. Is it as good as the one that took us all the way to Seville? Could be argued, yes. Could be argued, no. Um, again, you know, for for the, the latter half of those ties, we had Joe Aribo playing up front. You know, so again, right. the fact we've not got an out and out striker at the moment doesn't really phase me as much as it might do. You know, it, you good know, point. if you want to, you, you know, go between Silva and Dessers, you know. 
if they continue with a good form, I can definitely see us going further, you know, this year. Um, maybe not all the way to the final, because again, there are, as Ross touched on, there's very good teams still left in the draw. Um, at this stage, anyway, you know, you, you never know what, what upsets there might be. But I, I definitely think domestically, the domestically is where it's at, you know, the fact that, Again, the coefficient is so tight between ourselves and I think it's the Czech Republic are next next to us in 11th. And the fact they've still got three teams still in the Europa League at least, uh, or in Europe, you know, going further is going to help us in Scottish football in the long run. But again, domestically, you know, we can't argue, but, you know, I'm not saying we need to win the league. The league has definitely got to be a priority. Um, I think the way we're approaching games at the moment, and, and the manager's attitude to say, I want to win everything, you know, has seeped in to the players that seeped into the support. So, again, with it being too arrogant, why not? Why why not try and win all four competitions? We've already got one in the bag. Domestically, we're, we're well placed to, you know, top of the league to go on and hopefully win that. Scottish Cup again, if, it, if the, the draw is counties, again, who's, who's to say we can't? end up with four trophies come the end of May but to me domestically we've really got to push forward with that I think the money that we get from being top going into the next year next year's Champions League is crucial for us not only for Scottish football for, but for us as a team to to keep improving um, you know again Europe's a bonus if we can go further and again maybe you know is it is it written in the stars that the finals in Dublin and you know who who knows, but yeah, I think for for the moment, cautiously optimistic we can get through this tie. You know, again, yeah, but 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 for me, the league league's priority. We've got we really got to win the league and and take that forward in the Champions League. Because again, as Ross touched on, you know, we can have that debate between Champions League and Europa League. As much as our last outing in the Champions League wasn't great, I think. With this manager and this squad and improvements in the summer, you know, we'd, I'd like to think we would make a far better impression next year if if we get there. Yeah, definitely. Dean, I'm going to put a question to you and I got a, slot, a slightly different tint on it. Right, so look at it back, we're pretty well stacked at centre half. Um, with Zutter, Davies, Colton, Balligan, I think we're okay to back. Right back, you've got Tavernier, Sterling. Um, left back, you've got Borna Redvan. Central midfield's looking okay now with returning Nico Raskin, Diamonde signing Tom Lawrence, John Lundstrom. Um, wing positions, you've got Matondo, you've got Seema's apparently on his way back. Um, over on the right, you've got Ross McCausland, Zach Lovelace is when to come back. You've got Oscar Cortez can play on both sides. In a 10, you've got Cantwell, Lawrence can play. Dujon Sterling can probably play at some point as well. Up top, though, You've only got Danilo and Des. Uh, no, sorry. You've only got uh, Dessers and Fabio Silva at the minute. How would you feel about going on a run, being so light up front? Sorry, could you just repeat that question? Just about interference there. Just the last bit. What did you say? Sorry, Scott. Um, just about we've only got Silva and Dessers up top. So how mm. would? Do you think that a squad could cope with a European run? Well, I would like to say yes. Um, given you'd said about young Zach Lovelace, he's a he's quite good at playing through the playing through the middle up top, isn't he? So I think that's very kind of plays most, isn't it? Up top in the middle. Aye, Zach Lovelace. Play right, and he's been trained to play up all of them, I think. So aye, Initially. Aye, so I would say with Dessers and Silva, I think utilising them in the right in the right games, I think Dessers will be better in some games, and I think Silva will be better in some games, and I think he'll probably go with Silva up top in Europe, depending on depending on on how this how it's balanced, what the score is, and using Dessers at the right time. If it happened to go on a European run, then fantastic. I mean, we were able to get to Seville with without a striker, do you know. So um, that's and having two strikers, so to speak, potentially three, but with Lovelace, 
ah, it's it's definitely possible to to think that we do have the right amount of legs up top. And given how we do seem to be playing now, we're not as before when we had, you know, Morelos or whoever. There was a lot of a lot of running involved with Morelos. The tactics that we played in Europe, you know, we needed Morelos to, you know, get right in about ragged all the centre halves. And but the way that Clement's got his playing, I wouldn't say the centre forward is doing as much running. If that makes sense, so. Maybe not, maybe not. You know, too worried about only having really two strikers. And I mean, if Ruth comes comes back and plays ten minutes, <laughs> I think did, it would be. Did Ruth get kept in the squad? A, a, sorry. Did Ruth get kept in the squad? Or the team <laughs> fall out? Them and all. I don't know if he get kept sure. in the squad. Scotty, I think he is. I think he's still in that original right. squad. I think. Okay, I think it was pretty top heavy from. From Beal to start with, so the fact they've only made three changes with Red Van Diamandi and Silva coming in, I'm I'm assuming he's still part of the the European squad. Um, I, I think, given on previous years, I mean to consider Ruth would be like what you don't even think that he's even there. You know, if he plays, it's 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 a Brucey bonus. It really is. And if if we can, you know, if we can get past Benfica, great with. You know, and having a having a, a quarterfinals, I mean, that'd be brilliant given the fact that, you know, six months ago we were thinking that we the strikers we had were all crap, and now we're saying there's two strikers that we've got now are obviously are they going to be good enough to see us through? So it just should difference in the in, in how we're all perceiving things at the club, isn't it? Aye, definitely, mate. I just I meant to ask you actually, it was I seen it on a Gallant Few um podcast last night that there's a few boys saying you're a bit of a Jack Butland lookalike. Hey, <laughs> so Curry's asking if you fancy a few a few gigs as a Butland lookalike, and he'll take a 50-50 split off it. I, I definitely think that out. could be arranged. Aye, aye, a wee, aye, wee I'm up for that. <laughs> hey, before we get into Hearts, Ross, I think you've got a wee trivia yeah. question, so we'll, we'll put that out now, and then we can come back to it for your answer. Yeah, sure, sure. So it, it was just a... We, we touched on it earlier about uh, having the same back four that we played last time, uh, or, or very similar back four, I think Balogun will probably drop out. Suter comes in, but but you know, Barisic maybe for Ilmaz. Um, and then you look at some of the other players in the team. You know, Lundstrom still still there, potentially Jack still in there. Do you think that's a hindrance to us, or do you think it's good to have players that have been on the run, have played backs to the wall, have played big European games, knows know how to play a two-legged affair? to lead the other newbies through that transition. Because for me, if you want the experience and you want the the players that have done it in the past before and come out on top, it's probably best that it's in your defence and your more kind of leadership positions. So I'd just be, just be interested to get your take on it. And do you think it's a hindrance that we haven't changed um, that, that back four? Or do you think it actually gives us some experienced players who have been to the final, have tasted defeat and don't want to be there again? I think... On the season as a whole, I think Michael Beale didn't strengthen in the centre-back department. For me, Ben Davis doesn't cut him mustard. Um, I think Ben Davis was brought in, we paid a big fee for him to fill, fill Hollander's boots. Because when Hollander and Golden played together in the 55 season, that's possibly the best central partnership I've seen that Golden's had in his time at Rangers. But this backline does bring you a degree of European experience, which is a topic we're talking on just now. So, I don't think it's going to be that much a hindrance. I think Redfan is a much more settled and a more and a more kind of finished article now, if you want to say that. At left back, I'm looking forward to seeing him in Europe because he's going to have more space. It's not as physical. I think you're possibly going to see his price tag rise in Europe if we do get a run. As mind, this is only going to be his first two matches. Um, central back pairing, you've got Balogun, Suter and Golden have got that balance now, or seem to even though there's the odd kind of ball in behind domestically. And they've been pretty they've been pretty solid. You've got Balogun that can come in there. And then you've got Tavernier at right back. You've got Sterling that can cover across the whole back four as well. I think it's there's a good mixture of youth and experience and amongst there that's 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 going to be pretty solid to be fair. Whether it's 
it's whether we're tooled up or not to be able to nullify your likes of your Angel Di Maria and stuff like that. I think that's where you'll probably find Dujon Sterling coming in. I don't know if you noticed it in the Betis game away from home when Sterling came in at half time. Isco didn't kick a ball after it. Mm, Sterling was yeah. on him constantly. I think Sterling's built for Europe. Lundstrom's in a form of his life. I think we're, I think we're kind of we're okay going at the back. It's, it's, it's the wings that worry me going forward, Ross. Mm. Because mm. Cortez isn't in the squad. McCausland's inexperienced. We're really, really light on the wings. Um, good, good, um, it's a good thing that we've got Dujon Sterling who can play uh, all 11 positions and very, very well then. So we've got our new right winger, haven't we? Aye, definitely. Let's see if Dujon Sterling does not come on at, at the weekend there. We don't get that penalty and we don't get the, the comfort blanket of being 2-0 up. Do you know what I mean? Because exactly. he just ran. I saw he done. It was just run. And he was a big physical presence and he took... It won as a penalty ultimately. Um, do you, do you, just on, on that, Scotty, and, and this will probably just flow through into the, the Hearts uh, conversation nicely. Do you think, given that he was talking at the presser, that he's done enough to potentially move into that starting 11 for the weekend? I, I, has he's, he's, he's done enough to start every game, but it's where you play him on the wing. I mean, do you think on that oh, right on wing? The wing? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a starter for McCausland, to be honest. I don't think I don't I think there's certain matches you need to join Sterling's physicality, but I don't think that's the weekend. Okay. To be honest. Okay. Fair enough. Right, you want to go ahead with your trivia question? Yeah, okay. So earlier on today when I was meant to be working, I hope no one from work's listening, I made a note of five, six players who past and present who have played for Rangers, on which the first letter of their first name is the same as the last letter of their surname. So as I mentioned, I have six down here. Um, and if you, I'll give you one so you understand the concept of it. Yanis Hadji. His first name begins with I. His last name ends with I. So I was able to identify five others. There's probably more out there. Let's see in the chat if you can uh, if you can find any others and, and chuck them in there. Right, okay. So is that six players that played for Rangers? That the first the letter of the first name matched the last letter of the second name. Is that right? Yes. yes. Right. So Yanis Hadji as an example starts with I, ends with I. Right. Good. It's over to the audience now. Right. So Hearts preview. The glorious hearts. So, hearts, we've got a bit of a problem come, come tomorrow, actually. Um, hearts are in a good bit of form just now. They deserve the praise. They're the second most informed team in Europe behind Inter Milan. Again, thank you, Chrissy Paul. Thank you to Tomo for doing the work and doing a wee bit of digging into hearts for me. So, they've had 13 clean sheets in 26 matches. Um... They, for 13 away games, they've won nine, lost four, with zero draws. Uh, do, do, do. Lawrence Shankland, we all know about Lawrence Shankland, he's the top goal scorer in the league, with 18 goals. Um, so, over 102 times in the league, Rangers have won 67. 102 times that the teams have played each other, sorry. Rangers have won 67, Hearts have won 17 with 18 draws. Um, do, do, do. Hearts are really, really good form going into this game tomorrow. Um, they're currently they're closer to Celtic than what they are to Kilmarnock and fourth. Their win percentage is sixty-two percent. Ross, I'll come to you. You can you can put up all the stats in the world, but how how hard is this challenge tomorrow? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely going to be a a, a a big, robust, challenging match for us. I think it'll be physical. I think they'll be wanting to get in our faces. I think um, having a week off has maybe been um, a bit of a challenge for us. I would I would say I think we've we've had real good momentum in recent times, um, and I think having that kind of regular consistency of matches every three four days has given us the ability to experiment with different players get leg get minutes in people's legs um so i think maybe this could be a, a bit of a challenge going into this one uh but 
I said it last time, and if you want to win the league, you've got to beat the best of the rest, and, and you've got to beat the ones that are going to pose a challenge to you. Um, I'd much rather be facing them at Ibrox than I would at Tynecastle, so so that's a you know that stands in our favour. And um, and look, we're, 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 we're the most informed uh, team probably in in the league, given our point swing at the minute ahead of Celtic. We've won some really challenging matches, and we've won some games fairly convincingly. So. And I think one of the the really encouraging things about it is we're really not conceding many goals, um, which is a, a real bonus. And, you know, you can't win a league if you're conceding and chipping goals. Um, and as well, I think we're, we've got goals coming from all over the park, which, again, is a, a, another big bonus. So uh, I think we'll do the job. I think it'll be, I think Shankland will probably have a say in it. So so clearly he's the star man for them. Um, but, yeah, for me, I think it's going to be a, a, a two or three one job to Rangers I think get that done we're sending out a message and it's kind of really putting us uh, ahead of the rest as kind of the clear uh, superior team in Scotland at the minute I definitely definitely I think it's possibly the biggest challenge we've had since we've come back from the winter break and it's uh, it's my first big challenge while uh, it's my first big challenge while we've been top of the league as well Bob, how important is tomorrow to go down and play a marker? Definitely, Scott. <clears throat> Excuse me, definitely. I think that, you know, since coming back from the winter break, this will definitely be the, the hardest game that we've played um, so far. Again, when you look at the stats, the fact that they've they've conceded less than a goal a game, um, you know, it's 106 minutes per on average. So it's it tells you it's going to be probably very tight. You know, the game, the two previous games, 2 1, which was a late Danilo header, and then Seema, um means that we're, it's going to really be nip and tuck um, for goals. I think if, you know, I'll obviously come to the lineups, the predicted lineups uh, later on, but I think probably width wise, creativity wise, we've got, you know, players on form, coming into form. So hopefully, it's not as tight as it was previously. I think again, as you say, if we we know that if we get if we get the win on Saturday, it puts the pressure on uh, the other side of the city to go to to Motherwell on Sunday and, and have to get a result. Um, you know, again, I think you've touched on this in previous pods, and I'm sure other guys will agree. It's far better having the points on the board and putting that scoreboard pressure on on them uh, than being being the ones that are are trying to chase. So. To me, it's 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 it may be one of those games you look back at the end of the season and say it it, it was pivotal to to us either winning or, or losing the league. So you know, this is this is the first real opportunity for us to, to as you say, stamp on our authority, keep keep our our foot on the necks and and try and press forward. Aye, aye, I need to agree with that. Dean Hearts are um, they're unbeaten in the last ten matches, winning nine, drawing one. Um, in that run, they've scored 20 goals and conceded seven. Lauren Shanklin's probably scored 19 and a half AM goals, if I'm being honest. Um, you, is there any nerves coming into you about them, or do you think that the mentality that Philippe Clement's instilled in the players is going to see us through? Oh, I for sure. I didn't have any qualms about it at all. I mean, <clears throat> the stats you just said there and Quite, um, didn't actually realise it, like, but that still doesn't phase my phase my thoughts and opinions on how it's going to go. It will be tight, um, and I think I think Shankland will maybe perhaps I don't know have a wee point to prove. If, you know, um, I'm just thinking that he'll maybe turn up even more, but will give us more of a challenge, but. How um how Clement's got the players playing, I think we will we'll have enough to 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 get the job done. Um, I'll be I'll be close. It will be tight in my opinion. Um, but I we're we're the best team in Scotland, and that will show. Hearts are one of the best teams in Scotland, and that will also show. But um, aye, it's. It's a, you know, I, I've, I've, I've got no, no qualms about how we'll do. 
we'll get the three points, that's for sure. Um, Ross, I'll come to you with a kind of individual question. Do you start Dujon Sterling to keep Lawrence Shanklin quiet? What I noticed in the last time we played Hearts is that Leon Balligan came in at the central defence and Shanklin was pretty much nullified. Um, I think you need a degree of physicality next to Yilmaz if he is going to be the starting left-back. Have you got any other ideas how you can keep Lawrence Shanklin quiet anymore? Yeah, look, I, 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 I think Sterling is definitely someone that you would, you would identify as um very industrious player for us. You can give him a, a set task and he'd be relentless. I think your point earlier about Isco is I, I hadn't actually thought about that since the game. I remember talking about it with my dad at the time and we'd both said Isco's running the show here. You know, he really was a top, top player that game. I thought he rolled back the year beautifully. And Sterling came on and was all up and, you know, all about him, give him no time on the ball, was very sharp in the tackle, very clean in the tackle, but very sharp. And uh, another thing about Sterling is he likes to run with the ball and he's not afraid to move quickly with the ball forwards. So if we're thinking about breaking down their attacks or potentially, you know, trying to hit them on the counter if, they're, if they've got a bit of position, then I think Sterling would be a key man. I think another thing that, and just probably harking back to the underdog statement I, meant, uh, I mentioned earlier about how we might set up in a slightly more um, absorbent way to then hit on the counter attack. One of the things that, I think it was Geo implemented really well was when Lundstrom dropped back to make it a five, which right. allowed whatever side of the, the game we were progressing down, whether it was Tavernier or I think it may have even been Bassi on the left as well at that point, whatever side we were progressing on, Lundstrom pulled in, made it solid at the back, made that four. So for me, Lundstrom can definitely do that job. As And when you watch Shanklin play, he does sometimes come short into that, almost like kind of where Silver plays for us slightly, almost that hybrid number 10 and, and number nine in between that area, sort of just in front of the defence. And that's where Lundstrom, you know, I like, I, I've kind of coined the phrase a midfield sweeper for him. He sort of just sits in front of that, that defensive arc and just mops everything up and receives the ball off the defence. So I think Lundstrom will be adequate in there as well. It just depends whether he wants to play kind of two um, in that sort of double pivot or the sort of the, the, the two sat back or whether or not he wants to just let Lundstrom do that and then have uh, either Diamande or Lawrence alongside... Well, it'll have to be probably Diamande alongside him and then Lawrence in front of him. Um, but Sterling would definitely do a job and I've, I'd have absolutely no hesitation putting him in. Uh, you can trust the ladder. I would definitely... Uh, yeah, there's no, there would be no fear if I saw him on that starting lineup. Bob, just quickly, I'm kind of conscious of time just now. Um, yes, do you go with a double pivot tomorrow, i.e. two sixes, or do you go with a six and an eight? Again, being at home, I, I don't see the need to have two sixes, but again, you're probably touching on what we've said before, with Shanklin being there, do you really want to risk that? Less of a screen at the back, you know, as much as Lundstrom's been solid. You know, to me, if you if you have, and I'll probably go against what my lineup is but <laughs> when, you, when you put it up, but, you know, but if you've got Lundstrom and, and Sterling in there, you, you know you're going to be solid at the back. Um, to keep it tight, and again, as I said, these games probably will be tight. So my head says yes, but my heart probably says no. You know, all out attack, go and go and get some goals, get a goal difference up, and uh, just put them to the sword. Dean, last question for you, mate. See, Hearts. Are you expecting Hearts, considering they they run a form they're on? Are you expecting them to come, coming be out the traps tomorrow, or? Are you expecting them to come in, sit and make a hard counter is potentially get a goal for a set piece? What kind of hearts are you expecting to see them or consider them so confident just now? Remember they got a result at Celtic Park as well, which isn't an easy place to go. Yeah, I, I feel like expect them to come and play football. Um, I, I think given the confidence in the players, I would be, I think it'd be wrong for them to to come in, sit and pack the bus against us and, you know, look for that counter-attack, look for that set-piece chance. I, th I think they'll want to come and play football. Um, as you said, that's what they've done at Parkhead, wasn't it? So, aye, 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 they've never done it at Parkhead. So they're, they're going to think, you know, the, the confidence is there, their shoulders will be broad. They want to come and give us a, a game and 
Naismith hates us, so he'll be wanting to give us a game even more, doesn't he? <laughs> so yeah, you got you know, so he'll have these players riled up to come in, come in the search for the three points. I, I don't think we'll see any time wasting from them after two minutes, you know. So I uh, I think they'll be coming to play football and wanting to get the three points, given how how they have been playing. I. Aye, aye, I know you're. I, I hope, I, I hope personally, I hope they come and try and play football because I think Rangers yeah. will just pack them apart and get a win a lot easier just, than what it, than what it would exactly be that. if they come and park the bus, so to speak. Um, them coming playing football will just play in our favour, mate. So that's it, that's it. So we've got our, our line up now, um, powered by the We Are the People app. Everybody should go and download it, it's pretty good. That I've seen it, um, used quite a bit on Twitter. So we did have different lineups today until we got the news that Todd Cantwell had got injured. Um, so the panels pretty much went with Jack Butland in goal, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, John Souter, Red Van Yilmaz, Mohamed Diamandi, John Lundstrom, Tom Lawrence in the 10, Ross McCausland, Oscar Cortez and Cyril Dessers up front, which I completely disagree with because I think we should be going with Silver. Um, Ross, what's your thoughts on on my predicted lineup tomorrow, uh, I, I think he'll. I think he'll probably go with. Um, now that I saw Sterling was in the presser, I think he might play Sterling uh, instead of Diamande. Um, and just talking about it there, it does does make sense. Considering uh, Diamande started last week, I would probably agree with you because he likes a rotation. I think it probably will be. I think the, the lad did brilliantly last week, and he's. He, I'll have no doubt he comes on. But I think for the, he'll probably want to just sound out Hearts for the first 10, 15 minutes, understand where they're probing, what what's going on. And I think in order to do that, he's probably got there. You know, got to have that that solidity there. I think one thing that we touched on last time that that's very poignant here. I think Yilmaz and Cortez, from what I've seen when they played together versus Barisic and Cortez. Yilmaz and Cortez make a, a much stronger team down that left-hand side. I think Yilmaz is someone that wants to progress with the ball. Mm-hmm. And he'll try and get that into Cortez's feet a bit quicker. I think Barisic could be quite laboured and often turn inside or turn backwards. I think Cortez, uh, Yilmaz will want to get that down the line, probably overlap on the left. You know, Yilmaz has got that engine on him to get beyond him. Um, and then probably lay six on a plate for Dessers and we'll, we'll get maybe a goal out of it. But, um, I, I, the, the only other thing is, does he, you know, did Sterling do enough to play on that right hand side um, instead of McCausland? In which case, very similarly to the way that we used to play Arebo on the right, and then he would sort of drop into that more central position sometimes to give us a bit more solidity in the uh, and sort of win that 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 midfield area. Um, potentially, that that could be an option. And then obviously he's got the legs going forward as well. If the game changes, then he could play McCausland on the right. I think Sterling will be involved. It's just whether he plays in that central midfield position or or on the right. I had agree with that, Paul. Um, Bob, how big's Tom wants tomorrow if he comes in and starts and he's in his most effective position, I would say? Yeah, I think you know, again, touching on the fact that this is his this is probably his his opportunity to take the shot. Um if Cantwell's out for three or four weeks, this is this is definitely his um Audition and again, we all know what he's like when he played when he's played the eight beside Lundstrom. He can pick a pass out from deep, but I think be, being that wee bit further forward, he'll have a chance to affect the play far more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, de- I definitely think having Lawrence in as a ten for the moment, you know, will hopefully allow him to to play his game far more. Get you know, play that kind of probably Scotty Arfield role, getting in front of the, you know, going beyond the front man because again. As much as we've said, Dessers, whether it's Dessers or Silver, you know, you, you definitely need that, that you know, I say that companion, that you know, that addition up front, the, you know, the the runner line from running from deep. So yeah, t- to me, it's, it's pivotal if he if he can show anything like his form prior to coming to Rangers and obviously up until that that injury um, a couple of seasons ago. Then yeah, it uh, will definitely stake his claim for for being a regular starter. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Dean, do you think a back, a centre-back partnership with Conor Goldson and James, uh, John Souter tomorrow can keep Warren Shanklin quiet? Yes. Um, to an extent, I should have said yes. I do think he'll score, but 
I think we'll have enough to see them through. Um, it will be all it will be all him. So the the defence will have their work cut out. That's for sure. It will be a busy day for them. Um, they'll have to be at their very best. But I've got no I've got got no doubts that they that you know that there won't be anything else at their best. Um, and I think I think um, John Suter and Conor Goldson over the last few weeks and games have showed us that they are actually becoming better in their game and as, as a partnership. So they seem to have a really good understanding at the moment and Shanklin's probably going to be the best striker that they've come up against as a parent for, for quite some time. So and I mean that no disrespect to anybody else, but he, he is, as you say, the most informed striker in the league and what have you. And I would have liked to have seen him sign in January myself, but um, aye. aye, he will he he will have a a game a good game. He predominantly does always play well against us, doesn't he? To be fair, so I don't think we're going to be expecting anything other than um, his usual. And maybe as aye, I said, you're not going to be seeing Agent Shanklin tomorrow. I don't think. Well, that's uh, exactly aye. He's uh, maybe as I said earlier, maybe a wee point to prove. So a wee. Maybe he's chipping so. his shoulder, who knows? I would say so, mate. Alright, predictions. Ross, what you got? 3 1 to Femis. 3 1. Bob. I can't disagree. 3 1. 3 1. Dean. 2 1. 2 1. Right, that's interesting. Alright, uh, Ross, I think your your answer's been off it been I think your trivia question's been answered in more. So well, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Unreal uh, response, everyone. So that thanks for all those comments coming in. I think you've, yeah, not, they're wasted. I've started some of the answers. So, uh, yeah. Jim Mackay, Alexei Mikhailachenko. You've got Basil Bolly. Get Robert Shearer. Ba- Basil Bolly's not right, but but yeah. Um, Sam Lammers. <laughs> And then Paul Maguire came in completely blew it off the water. Well, it's Stephen Davis, Yanis Hadji, Neil McCann, Abdullah Seema, Nigel Spackman, Basil Bolly, Sam Lammers. And then so, Jim Mackay's so, came in with Norrie Martin. We know who we're getting if we're ever involved in a Rangers quiz. Oh, tell us about it, man. You've got Nicholas Graskin and you've got Ronald De Boer. Now, I will, be, um, I will be absolutely astonished if there's anybody that you've got on your list that, that the, the audience hasn't answered. Well, it, it was actually me that put Ronald Tabor in there, Sky. That's my YouTube account. So I thought I'd help yeah, you guys. Right. I did get one that you guys didn't get. So, uh, well, well, I've got can to I, say. I, Ross, can, <laughs> I, can I hazard a guess? Can I hazard a guess at one that maybe folk, and I'll probably show my age when I say this. So did, did you have Oleg Salenko in? That's a great one. That's, mm-hmm. that's outstanding. That's, that's, that, that, it, was, it was the only one I could think of that I hadn't seen in the chat, so I wasn't sure if that one had been put in your your six, Ross, but I thought no. I'd, I'd hazard a guess at Oleg Salenko. No, that's that's great effort. Thank you, everyone, for doing it. I think uh, for me, Jim McKay's uh, Alexei Mikhailichenko was quite stunning as well. So uh, well done, everyone. Great job. Sorry to interrupt there, but I remember having... Alexei Mikhailichenko poster as a wee boy and I always definitely it was spelt with an A on my yes. poster in my room like but the Ukrainian spelling is with an O I think so uh, is that what Alexei. it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no right, saying everybody is wrong like, for... but <laughs> right everybody thank you for tuning in as a panel you, you guys getting Nelsie's want to kind of any points you want to bring up Ryan, before we wrap up the pod uh, n- nothing from me. Thanks to everyone for joining. Um, please do share and uh, like and subscribe and, and make sure you're, you're keeping in contact with the Rangers Journal, Journal Twitter. There's some great stuff that Kai's putting out on there uh, quite regularly. So so keep keep your eyes on there. There'll be loads of stuff coming up in the next week. And yeah, we've got another big game in midweek as well. So um, yeah, looking forward to that one. And then we've got the pod on Monday. So we'll do a bit of a yep. preview on that one, won't we, Scott? Yep, 100%. Uh, Bob, do you want to thank your listeners and bring in Nils up? Yeah, just thanks to the listeners. Thanks for, for Kai and, and the lads here for inviting me along. Um, it's been a good night. Um, got to thank everyone in the comments. Uh, I see a few regulars, you know, Curry, Aldo um, and the rest. So thanks very much for tuning in again. 
touching on, you know, like and subscribe, support the channel. Let's uh, let's grow this one, uh, help Kai out, help the team out. Um, and looking forward to being part of a, a few more pods over the, the coming weeks. And there you go, he's, in, he's impressed that much that Curry's come in and invite, invited everybody onto his stands at Ibrox on Sunday. So if anybody's interested, fire me a message if you want to laugh. Uh, Dean, solid debut. Bob, solid debut. Uh, Dean, do you want to see any, any listeners? Yeah, just um, thanks for if you stayed on this long. I mean, that's another and another bit looking at my puss. So, hey, my thanks very much. Uh, like and subscribe, share, whatnot. Let's get as much uh, traction and um, you know let everybody know all about us. It's been a it's been great having me. So, thanks very much to you, Scotty, for inviting me in the first place, mate. No problem, everybody. Thanks for coming on. Just one last wee plug for me. Um, the channel was brought to you tonight in association with Mano and Inverclyde. One of our podders in the group chat runs a charity. Um, it's a suicide prevention charity. If anybody needs to reach out, look them up on any of your Facebook, any any social media channels, even on Google. If anybody's needing a chat, um, get in touch. It's a great charity. And just thank you for everybody for tuning in, like and subscribe. We bit of feedback on the slides, if that's okay. Tell me if I'm going in the right direction with the pod or not. And um, we are simply the best and top of the league.